Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And this week we are looking at uh, some frightful films as the big release of the week was The Exorcist Believer, which is a reboot of the franchise from David Gordon Green. You may recognize that name and the word reboot of a horror franchise because this is not his first trip uh, down the line. Uh, David Gordon Green kind of started out doing comedy films with Danny McBride and then a few years ago decided to reboot the Halloween franchise, making a direct sequel to the original Halloween that returned uh, the original characters. Uh, they made three of those films. Halloween Ends uh, wrapped up that trilogy about this time last year. And now he has turned to the Exorcist franchise with the Exorcist Believer, which, uh, Eric, believe it or not, is meant to be the first part of a new trilogy oh, uh, I know. in this world. Uh, returning original stars Ellen Burstyn in her first Exorcist film since the original, which was released 50 years ago in 1973. If you've read my review that I published on the site on Friday, you'll know I didn't love this movie. Eric, did you like it better than me? No. Did you dislike it a lot? Do you, do you want me to elaborate on it or you want to talk about it some? Because um, David Gordon Green. You know, I, I, I'm I'm interested in him. I was I was interested in him as a filmmaker because of projects like Stronger, the uh, Boston Marathon Survivor, Jake Gyllenhaal starring movie, where I don't know. It's kind of like Adam McKay's transition out of uh, Anchorman style comedies into into more creative, like more authorial, stampy like projects. I don't know. It just David Gordon Green five years ago came out with a movie that paid off a franchise of 40 years with a sequel that showed a lot of people who had who had affinity for that franchise that he understood the core of what made the original work and made this huge sweep of wiping away all of the sequels so that you could have something in the spirit of the original that didn't take away from the original in the way that some people feel the other sequels did. And, and, and just a few people were jostled by a twist in that movie where the psychiatrist turns out to have been inspired by Michael Myers instead of wanting to capture him and wants to like, you know, he like wears his mask and he kills people. And it, it's a very bizarre, like stick out moment that most people point out as being the odd issue with an otherwise fantastic, like movie that really understands its franchise. And every single time since then, David Gordon Green has done a single thing that is not in the spirit of what he believes fans want for the franchise, but what in the spirit of he wants to make as a movie, it gets negative backlash. He stands by it and gives some explanation that doesn't make sense that causes dumpster fires. Now, I, I really like Halloween 
can't stand Halloween kills. It irritates the crap out of me, mostly because the movies that are the worst to me are the movies that have potential and waste it. So the problem with this movie, The Exorcist Believer, is it doesn't understand the original movie, I don't think. And it doesn't even have any potential to waste. I I, I don't even... I don't even know if I would give this a thumbs down as much as I would just give this a nothing. Like what, what during the making of this, I wonder was the draw of like, this means something and we haven't seen it before. And people will come to the theater and have this experience. You know, I, I, I can't think of a single aspect like None of the possession stuff. They took a little bit from haunting in Connecticut, a little bit from different cultures, a little bit from the original Exorcist, and they just kind of mixed it together into, I would argue, an extremely doled down version of the sort of horrors that you see in the original movie. And the pace of this movie was like breakneck to the point that there's basically like four set pieces. There's like get to know their life. The girls are back and they're not okay. Ellen Burstyn visits the lady's house, the exorcism scene, and then the movie is over. And that was not enough time for me to feel anything. I was, I, I, I think my favorite sequences in the movie are probably what happens to Ellen Burstyn, Bernstein and Burstyn. And, um, the relationship between Leslie Odom Jr. and Lydia Jewett, the the father-daughter duo. Um it just it was like heavy-handed, slightly obvious what they were going for. Nothing in the middle of the movie built off of the payoffs at the beginning and end of what they were doing with the father and daughter and mother and trading lives and any of that stuff. It just happened and for you to be like from the person who understood halloween so much that he really re-brought interest to an entire franchise 40 years old comes another entry where a guy claims he understands another franchise that's 50 years old that's had a lot of difficulty with sequels you i gotta admit that my expectations were like really high that this was going to be one of the ones where he's just, I'm just going to prove that I understand this franchise. And he didn't bother. And it just, it just really bummed me out. And it just makes me realize that David Gordon Green is interested in movies he likes. And if I happen to like it, lucky me. Yeah. I mean, if you saw my um, tweet on Thursday, when I, when I saw this movie, oh, I, I missed it or what I put it was basically the screenshot of my letterboxd where I said, oh, okay. I can't wait to see which horror franchise David Gordon green decides to ruin next. Mm-hmm. If they were only making one, it would still be a bummer. I don't understand <laughs> how they're making a trilogy or why they're making a trilogy um, out of this. So that, that would be my, my first, but, Here's what I'm going to say. Like, The Original Exorcist is a classic film that has stood up 
for 50 years. Um, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. But there are kind of two types to me uh, of exorcism films. There's ones that use the right of exorcism as a plot device to drive a horror film story. And that, to me, is how I would classify The Exorcist. You know, perhaps the novel from Blady was more interested in a spiritual exploration, but the movie itself isn't so much interested in the spiritual exploration or the religious implications of this as using an you know, a demon possession and a rite of exorcism to drive a horror story. And it works very well. The second type of exorcism film is one that is very interested in exploring the deeper religious implications of demon possession and horror stories. I would argue The Conjuring kind of takes that that path. That's what Ed and Eileen Warren's work was kind of all about. One of my favorite films in that genre, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, is based on a true story. Scott Derrickson graduated from the same college as me, the Biblical Institute of Los Angeles, and crafts a script that draws very heavily on scripture and is very interested in the theology of demon possession and evil and demonic forces in the world mm -hmm. this film from david gordon green doesn't do either and tries to do both at the same time and it doesn't work for me as a straight-up horror movie because there are first of all the first hour is insanely boring you said you liked what they did with ellen burston i didn't really care for it like what the heck are they doing and then you have her scene where she comes in and you're like is she going to bring this wealth of experience no she's going to get i'm sorry yeah you yeah, see yeah. This movie. she's going to get stabbed in the eyes and yeah. the the cameo at the end which i won't ruin but everyone and their brother should have been able to see coming wasn't oh, a was big such a wasn't a big moment for for me i yeah. knew that we were i knew 100 percent we're going there in fact I pulled out my phone 20 minutes into the movie and started looking to see if that actress was listed on the yeah. credits because I was 100% sure I was going to see her. And I'm guessing that's going to be a big part of whatever it is going forward. You know, it's see, credit to David Gordon Green that he's able to get people interested in rebooting these franchises and get the original stars to come back and commit to them because I assume that both Ellen Burstyn and our mystery person are going to be involved in the next chapter as I, I guess, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, you know, cause that's based on the, the pattern that they're doing The you know, they've somehow got to put it to bed and they're, they're at times trying to say it's the same demon or related to the same demon as the exorcist, but they don't draw a fine line there. But the, the other part I can tell he was trying to make some kind of commentary about spirituality, but I have no idea what it is. You have this exorcism scene that past the point of all reason, you have basically a, a lapsed nun, a witch doctor, a Baptist minister who I can't imagine would have agreed to this uh -huh. and a Catholic priest and yeah. a few agnostics who are all coming together in what was the focal point? This this yeah, they're all was never going to work. Own ideas. Yeah. It was never one cohesive moment. Yeah. And that exorcism scene was entirely underwhelming. <sighs> like we're going to talk about an exorcist sequel on here that I don't really consider that's 
really more of a crime drama than an exorcist film. And even it has a better exorcism scene than, than yeah. this movie. You know, the exorcism scene was underwhelming. Everything was underwhelming. The idea that any people in the hospital would have let them pull either of those girls out of the mental ward mm -hmm. to just oh my take God. care of them at home. That the you girl know, who stabbed someone in the eyes is just like under minimal supervision care. Well, she's not, she's not apparently in trouble. I, I yeah yeah but that's like that's insane i mean that's the whole that to me is the whole thing about the original exorcism is it's it's this horror of of procedurally putting truth behind the idea of you losing control of that safety and innocence of of being able to protect your child and like th there is there is a lot of faith behind the movie but like you said the movie is not about trying to make a statement about faith as much as it I is i think he was trying to make a statement i just don't i think it's like it's almost no no the original me, oh the original wasn't yeah, yeah. no it, it's like the original is driven in in truth and there was like a lot of supervision and a lot of research done through the catholic faith and all this kind of stuff but it's it's intentionally grounded in a realistic truthful like suggestion of the horror of losing something like that and losing control and whatnot and and that's where a lot of the fear comes from is and they kind of sprinkled at the idea in this movie that like the horror is reagan is going through these medical procedures that are borderline traumatic that for a child to go through and you're just having to like suffer and not know how to help your daughter going through that and the idea is like, how will you finally overcome such a monumental obstacle in someone's life? And, and there's so much weight to that and those relationships. And in this movie, it's like, well, they got to give her a shot to calm her down because she was screaming a lot. Like, well, I, and he has like a, like a neo non-specific approach to spirituality, but at the same time, they pretty heavily imply in the middle of the film that the girl somehow like Jesus went to hell for three days. Of course, Jesus was crucified and killed. So I don't know how those girls made it there. Hey, three days, <laughs> three days, right? Yeah. Like, yeah I don't know. So that, that's it, it just, but that's, it reminds me one of your frustrations with Halloween kills was that he was trying, it was clear he was trying to make some kind of, commentary about society writ large but you just can't figure out what it is and it was executed so poorly that you couldn't take anything away from it and it almost feels the same approach with spirituality in this one that i know he's trying to make some kind of comment especially with the way they all come together and and Dowd's yeah. story and everything but i don't i can't figure out what it is or what i'm supposed yeah, to take there's, away there's something about like the core of humanity behind branching ideologies of religion but there's some kind of like and maybe see here's the thing i would say maybe that that was a seed to be explored in sequels but here i i it is ridiculous to even begin to assume that we would know anything about the sequel from the person who gave you halloween ends after halloween kills but also, so this one's Exorcist Believer. The next one's supposed to be Exorcist Deceiver. Who was the believer? Oh, who knows? Well, I mean, you should have at least the, been able the to. The dad come away. should have like 
I guess the dad became a believer, but a believer in, in what? what? Because it yeah. looked like in, the in personal connection is what saved yeah. him. And then there's this there's this thing, and I'm really excited to talk about this. Or the was ending Ellen monologue, the one that becomes the believer, because she talks about having studied it for a long time and and just not knowing. If she had been the core, if she had been like the Nick Fury to assemble all of these religious folk in the community, and the idea was she Well, that would have made more sense because based on her years of research, I actually don't understand. I mostly don't understand how that why they pulled her back in because other than other than to waste 20 minutes of you know, maybe this movie would have been better at 90 minutes than it was at 111 minutes nominally because but it was very slow to get anything going It was very slow to develop anything and it just i don't know very frustrating i ended up giving it you know a thumbs down i know i got yours you you didn't like it enough to even get a thumbs down which yeah yeah pretty bold well i'm just so we don't want to dwell too much on David Gordon Green's disappointing of us because we'll have two more opportunities. It sounds like for that to to happen, but oh, we'll see. We we mentioned uh, you know <laughs> that face. Yeah, <laughs> Reagan just you know she wasn't possessed. She had just seen what was what was about to come uh, with Exorcist Weaver. But I mentioned fifty years uh, now. Uh, William Friedkin. Uh, passed away. Ironically, his final film that he directed, uh, which is the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, started streaming on Friday um, on Paramount Plus and uh, premieres tonight on Showtime. Uh, was much more enjoyable for me than The Exorcist Believer. But oh. Friedkin, uh, he had a couple of great films in the 70s, French Connection, which I really enjoyed. And then we get to The Exorcist here in 1973, Max von Sydow. Uh, Jason Miller, Linda Blair, who was pictured there as Reagan, and Ellen Burstyn. Um, now, as I mentioned, I there's, to me, a couple of kinds of exorcism films. This one kind of falls into the former, and I think that's why it always comes up this time of year, kind of one of the classic horror movies, because it's deeply unsettling. The things the little girl says is deeply unsettling. It's unsettling in 2023. You can only imagine how people were, you know, she mm-hmm. does something personal to herself with a cross. I can only, that doesn't go over that. It's kind of shocking now. I'm sure it was really shocking in 1973. Um, just the way William Fried can put that together, the stirring musical score, you hear a few beats of that song and you know exactly what's coming. You get some some chills the way they did some of the shots, some of the iconic shots in this film as well. I've always enjoyed it. It is actually up there in my top 50 films of the 70s that I've been going through. Ironically, I think that post posted for me on Friday, too. Um, I believe it's number 12 for me. But Eric, how do you feel about the original Exorcist? You know, it was one of the freakiest movies I ever saw when I was way too young. And uh, I think that's like most of my generation's experience with the movie is like it's it had that reputation as the scariest movie of all time. So whenever you snuck and watched it, depending on what version you saw, I know that the probably the scene, oddly enough, that sticks out the most in people's memory. And they even made like an action figure of this once is when she comes down the stairs backwards like a spider like that, that. He's only in the uh, either that or some of the projectile vomiting. 
which would be in the original as well. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the, there's, it, it's, it is shocking and it's unsettling and it gets in your skin and it's, 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 it's not okay and it makes you feel like something's staring at you all the time. And I just, I, I love, for one, as I grow to be an adult, it's in incredible the production design like old man makeup that like in 4k 50 years later looks better than i like i just also watched what was it glass from m night Shyamalan? i just rewatched that and like you have uh mr glass's mom was the exorcist believer not enough for you (laughs) yeah right um well i you know what at least M. Night Shyamalan works really well with actors and got meaningful feel. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be nice to The Exorcist. The Exorcist is is like, I don't know. Ellen Burstein should be like an annoying, grieving mother. Like if that's all she's doing for the whole movie, but she's not. I feel heartfelt for her the entire time. Max von out like there's this thing about his character that he's sort of, he's sort of, tangential to the story and then just comes in when he's needed and father Karras is really the character that that we're focused on the most but there's almost something i don't know there's I, I, it's something about his sickness and his commitment and and the mystery behind his character really really works for me and like this this movie is not called The Exorcism. It's called The Exorcist. And I, I feel like that's it's such a striking thing where you're sort of that same exact idea where you're like, well, the person who completed The Exorcism was Father Karras. And so you sort of think about like, it compels you to think about what is an exorcist and what is an exorcism and what are they trying to do and what is their real goal? And like, I don't know. It just... it. It's such a rewarding story that doesn't bother trying to force you to think about things. And because it's so rewarding, it makes me think about so many things. And I I don't know. I get something a little bit new out of it every time. Plus, there's the theatrical versus the extended version. And that's the same thing we're going to get into when we get into the talking about this other one. Um, where there's something different about the pacing and the shocks and the, the things that they do throughout the story different editing of things. And I think either one has its pros and cons, but um, yeah, either one is just like, it's like just like an extremely effective form. I mean, that, that is like a, a two thumbs up movie. Like, even if you hate yeah. your entire day because you watched it, it's because it was so effective. And like, I, yeah. Well, <clears throat> Before we go, we're we're going to look at one other one. This was uh, Eric's suggestion, actually, which is uh, The Exorcist 3. This one actually directed by William Peter Blady based on his follow-up novel, Legion. It came out in 1990. There is a Exorcist 2, uh, which also features Linda Blair and is not very good and was not based on the novel. It was just kind of an attempt to capitalize on the franchise but the exorcist 3 returns jason miller who was father karis um adds adds in uh george c scott and um you know kind of an, an original story this is not one that i had seen before i actually watched it yesterday to get ready uh for this 
it's not what I would say for me, it wasn't what you think of when you think of exorcism films or film like The Exorcist. This one is more like, I'd almost liken it to something like Seven, uh, where George C. Scott is a police lieutenant and he's kind of tracking a set of really brutal, gruesome serial murders. It's not till kind of later in the game that you realize the tie back to the demonic possession that was taking place um, in The Exorcist. I would say I was really fascinated by this until the third act, and it kind of breaks down a little bit for me there. Um, but I did like it better than The Exorcist uh, Believer. Mm -hmm. um, but Eric, I know this is one that you uh, you really enjoy, so take it away. Well, fun fact. There's the movie that you'll watch, The Exorcist 3. And like you said, the exorcism scene in that movie, the third act, where an exorcist, again, sort of comes out of the woodwork to kind of take care of the issue. Um, it, it's it's kind of sudden, and it's, it's effective and creepy in some ways, but it's not like the greatest ending. Like, there's something, there's something that changes about the movie at that point. And it's because it was a studio note and it was a mandate and it was reshoots. And the movie was originally called Legion based off of the thing, but they wanted to tie it in with an exorcism to make money off of the original. And if you get this Blu-ray or any version, you will have a director's cut, which has the original scenes, unfortunately not like remastered and upgraded. So you have to watch the quality of the film dip in order to like watch the original cut of the movie. But there is no exorcism in the original cut of the movie. There is a very cold, appropriate, hard-hitting ending from George C. Scott's character and how he deals with the person in that cell. And I don't want to spoil it because I think it's worth watching the entire other version because Brad Dourif, who plays the possessed person in, that we're talking about, absolutely shines i think he's like a rock star in this movie and he has more time to play in that version and the focus is where it needs to be i think some of the scares in this movie are some of the creepiest things i've seen in any horror movie with lady crawling on the walls and you know the jump scare like the big one um george c scott is an amazing actor the, between this and changeling and a couple of other movies that like i i don't remember everything that i've seen him in most of the time he's like Patton. a general he's Patton, yeah like yeah but uh he's incredible and he's actually playing a character from the exorcist that was like a side character and whatnot and so it's kind of hard to recognize kind of like you said at a certain point you realize that this is directly connected to the first one but it's not trying to make that really matter all that much it's really telling its own story and so i like I, I love both versions of this movie but i really feel like if you had that sense of like this is sort of a crime thriller first exorcism movie second and you want to see a version where the movie pays off as just that sort of 70s cynical crime thriller watch the director's cut because oof like it is it is ah oh, it's so unsettling and effective and there's there's so many like you can look up a lot of videos of people breaking down the dialogue scenes between him and his friends and and just what it means for this character to like be a believer and not a believer and so many other things there's just a lot to chew on it and in that same way that the exorcist feels that like you're watching kind of a compelling murder mystery case that has some supernatural tweaks to it but 
because you're watching this compelling story happen, you have a lot to think about outside of that. So the implications of what people do in this movie give you thought and give you something to chew on. So, yeah. Yeah. Love Exorcist. Love The Exorcist 3. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting film, and I'm glad that I took a chance uh, to see it. I've seen a lot of the other Exorcist uh, films, and I've never seen actually The Exorcist 2, and I had never seen 3. I've, I've seen more of the modern ones where they've gone back and even done prequels or sequels or prequels or whatever things they're yeah. trying to do. So, you know, if you were thinking about seeing uh, David Gordon Green's film, you can just uh, stay at home instead and watch the original Exorcist, which is streaming on Max, or Exorcist 3, which is on Prime and Peacock and Max, and apparently it's on, like, every stream. I don't know how that works, because okay. I thought films could only be on one streaming service. Sometimes you can't find them on any, but this one was on, like, three I had to choose from. I watched it off Peacock, so, cool. you know, you have plenty of options. Next week, we are going to keep the horror groove going. Um, no, we are not reviewing the Taylor Swift uh, concert film, although I'm sure it has its own set of horrors. We are actually going to take a dip toward uh, the small screen, as Fall of the House of Usher, the latest from Mike Flanagan, drops on Netflix on Thursday. We're going to be looking at that, and we're going to be talking about some of our favorite Mike Flanagan projects. And you know what the great news for you is? All of them are streaming mostly on Netflix, so you can just dive right in at home. Uh, and then the week after that, we will. there's this tiny Martin Scorsese film. I don't know if many people have heard about it. It's, it's like something called Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know if that's going to be a big Martin Scorsese is one of those indie directors people don't know about. So Yeah, yeah. that is uh, like... 217 minutes so i'm already doing uh rear-end exercises to get ready for sitting that long uh but we will be taking a look at that the following week so that gives you a little sneak peek of well, what's coming so it should be a fun october little mike flanagan little martin scorsese much better way to end the month uh, than starting out with some david Gordon green Unfortunately. But uh, until then, we will see you at the movies.